um, I was just looking out the ocean, just thinking this is probably the last time I'll ever look out of these eyes again. And I was just, um, you know, thought the pop in my head was, did I love enough? Did I love enough in this life? And that was it. I wasn't worried about how much money I had or this, that. I didn't care. I didn't even care about the phone in my pocket. I just cared about that. And um, I was just looking out over the, the ocean, just uh, trying to slow my heart rate down so I could um, survive. But um, I, I definitely didn't think I was going to ever look out of those eyes ever again. Hello and welcome to the Ascension Talk uh, podcast with Jenny and today I got Matt here and it's so lovely to have a Aussie on the show and Matt he's got a real incredible story um, and uh, yeah I just like yeah hello Matt welcome oh, hi yeah <laughs> good afternoon or good evening or good morning wherever you are yes. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi Jenny hi Matt can you just like, I thought we'd just get into straight away and could you just please uh, tell the listeners uh like you know a little bit uh, who you are and uh like your story because it's it's quite uh, pretty incredible and inspiring sure well um basically uh we've covered off my name is matt and <laughs> i had <laughs> uh, i'm from uh sydney which is in australia for anyone that uh, doesn't know but so if you don't know that, you've been probably living under a rock for the last uh, how many years? But uh, of course, uh, big city here. And uh, my background used to be in media and radio and uh, journalism and news and things like that, working for the government and ABC. And um, so I come from like quite a professional background. Um, and my 20s, I had a lot of responsibilities, you know, like um, with one button push, talking to millions of people. Um, you know, that was up to me. I could have said absolutely anything. And, uh, you know, that was a large responsibility. So that was quite stressful. So I kind of had a moment where I um, went, I just don't want to do this anymore because um, I'm not really serving a higher good here. I don't really know what my purpose is. So I was kind of going through a bit of that sort of what, what am I meant to do next phase. And then I uh, took up a sport called paragliding, which is kind of like parachuting except you're just flying off the edges of hills and cliffs and things like that and i wanted to just go out and get healthy socialize and um just enjoy enjoy life you know and um enjoy a little bit of the hard work that i'd done you know day in day out for many years so i took a few months doing that about a year nine months ish kind of thing paragliding and meeting new people and i was loving it but there was one fateful day where um, at that time I was running my own business from home doing voiceovers and um, I had a telecommunications client that said, oh, Matt, um, I paraglide as well. Let's meet up at um, Cook's Terrace, which is uh, near a beach in Wood, which is in the north end of Sydney. Um, so it's towards Palm Beach in between there and DY. So around in the middle kind of thing. So it's... Uh, on the North Cove side. And um, so I said, okay, I've got no other clients on today. Let's go. So I ended up taking, um, you know, his suggestion, went down to, to, to Worrywood and um, set the paragliders up and was flying. And we were enjoying the afternoon. It was lovely. And then all of a sudden, um, I had this massive um, kind of gust of wind or almost like the wind and the air just vanished. And um, the paraglider came down in front of me 
and then I smashed into a cliff at the free fall rate of gravity and um, it was just like one and a half seconds, not even, just like bang, bang. That's how quick it was. And I, um, yeah, I had one word of expletive and I smacked into the cliff. And as I talk, I'm feeling it now because uh, I never had memory loss of that event. So um, I, I lost my leg and I knew it was already dangling when I hit the cliff. And um, it, it, it was an arterial bleed out and I um, was there for about three hours before rescue teams could get me. So as you could imagine, that was uh, essentially a death experience. And from there on, um, that's where things got really interesting in terms of um, what happened from there. And there's a lot I can unpack depending on which way you wish to go. But uh, that's a little snapshot of where my life-altering moment kind of happened from, you know, my career and my life 1.0 into my 2.0. So at that moment was um, a very big paradigm shift. Wow. So I was just wondering when you that happened and you were kind of out of it. Um, I know you mentioned once that you got had an experience then that you kind of left your body a little bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I hit the cliff, I was still awake. I was um, still conscious through all of that. Um, and it got to a point where I realized that I was in death situation and the only thing I could do was try to meditate. Uh, and I know that sounds uh, incredible and strange, but um, I was just looking out the ocean just thinking this is probably the last time I'll ever look out of these eyes again. And I was just, um, you know, thought the pop in my head was, did I love enough? Did I love enough in this life? And that was it. I wasn't worried about how much money I had or this, that. I didn't care. I didn't even care about the phone in my pocket. I just cared about that. And um, I was just looking out over the, the ocean, just uh, trying to slow my heart rate down so I could um, survive. But um, I, I definitely didn't think I was going to ever look out of those eyes ever again. Like, uh, yeah, so your pain <laughs> pain was pretty high, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Level, level 100 out of 1 to 10, mm. it was incredibly bad. Um, also was paralyzed from the waist down at that time. Um, so my spinal cord was crushed. Mm. Uh, my pelvis was shattered in six places. My back was, my L4, L5, S1 was completely shattered. Um, I had my artery bleeding out and it was visible. You could even see it from the helicopter footage, my artery hanging out and the rescue teams trying to stop it from getting tangled. Um, so that, that, that's definitely not a survivable accident as far as I'm concerned. And the hospital thought I was going to be dead as well. They thought there was zero chance of survival. And even if I did, because of the uh, amount of blood loss, um, that equates to, um, brain damage at the very least. And, and they also thought that I was going to be paralyzed from the waist down without having my bowel movement function because of where the severed cord was, um, or at least it was, like, mostly severed. It was just totally crushed. They thought it was totally compromised. So it wasn't good news for my family, of course. So um, the, the outlook wasn't um, very good. They didn't think I was going to make it for the first night. So on the cliff, when I um, originally was doing that meditation, I then passed out. And the first time I passed out, 
nothing really happened where I left my body. It was more of a simulated experience where I thought I was still flying. And um, I was just flying up and back and, um, you know, then I kind of came to and realised, oh, no, I'm stuck on a cliff. Oh, this sucks kind of thing. And um, then I noticed the sky had changed a bit and there was helicopters all around and, um, and then at one point, it was kind of like um, I could just sort of hear the movement, the rustling of people calling out and everything else. So then I passed back out again and um, I could hear the rescuers at the bottom going, Matt, are you with us? Are you with us? Because obviously I, um, I, you know, my head went back and obviously I was gone. And there is news footage of me um, where I'm out of it, where I'm pretty much dead and my head's back. Like there's, I'm not even there. And um, basically, I I was I was like, oh, I, I feel okay. And I'm like answering them back, but they couldn't hear me. And I started getting frustrated. Mm. They're like, can you hear us, Matt? Can you hear us? And I'm like, yes, I can hear you. I'm like, Matt, 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 wake up. Wake up, Matt, Matt. Come on, mate. You're going to be all right. I'm like, what? I can bloody hear you. What are you doing? And they couldn't hear me. And it reminded me, of, not at the time, but just thinking of it now, it reminded me of the movie The Sixth Sense where, oh, yeah. you know, it's like that where you're all of a sudden a ghost. <laughs> mm. You're all of a sudden outside your body. So there I am. I see my body and them and I'm like going, oh, no, I'm dead. And at that point, um, and there was no big tunnel of light sort of thing. It was more of a cosmic sort of a mm. um, like in-between consciousness realms. Um, and his voice greeted me. It was only audio. So I couldn't see this being. I basically had my um, experiences with audio. So I'm a um, clairaudient, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, also intuition-based. So anyway, this deep, booming voice just said, um, you're welcome to come back home or go back, but it'll be a long process. No, just like that. And I just said, my mum, my dad, my sister, my family, I can't leave them. And I was crying my answer back because... I knew I was dead and I wasn't ready, you know, and I was just so heartbroken for them as well, you know, and, um, you know, I um, was, like, really upset because I wasn't ready for that, and um, so I was, I was actually more scared of leaving them than I was uh, of dying, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was given the choice to go back home, meaning to uh, not be here anymore, and... I decided to come back. So I was actually given a, I was, that choice is up to me. So and I'd how probably, did that happen? Like you know, you said, uh, "Oh no, I want to go back." Did you? Was it telepathy? Kind of like, did you feel like that, or was it? I felt like it was someone actually there, but I could only yeah. hear the voice and answer mm. back. So when you're in that conscious um, spirit state, the light body, um, it's not really the same as our experience in here in our little meat suits it's a bit different it's kind of like it's, it's just hard to explain i can't explain it in a quantifiable metric of words in our language um that's it is all that is and all that isn't it's some people call it the void other people call it the cosmic realm or the dark matter i don't know um how to say it in words but it was it's definitely it's like i got halfway home and I wasn't allowed to go fully back to the realm. So I kind of got stopped and I had the choice to keep going back home or to return. So I chose to come back because I, my answer was enough for that being, which I call God uh, or source, uh, to send me back. 
So then I woke up and I remembered like this gasp of air as I electronically zipped back in my body, like <clears throat> I was like woke up again. And all of a sudden I noticed the sky was darker. So I'd obviously been out for some time, of course, and uh, it was quite an ordeal. I was sitting there going, I know I'm going to live now. It's going to be okay. And eventually when they rescued me from the cliff, uh, jumping ahead a, a little bit here, mm-hmm. um, uh, I didn't remember saying this, but I was told this by someone that helped rescue me, a surf life rescuer on scene. Um, I bumped into him a few months later and he goes, are you Matt? And I'm like, yes. He goes, do you remember me? I, he goes, I'm Dean. I was a guy that was calling out to you on the cliff to, when you passed out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Going, oh, my goodness. This is unbelievable. Because uh, he was the guy that was uh, calling out, and, I, and I, I was calling back, and he couldn't hear me. So he bumped into me. So anyway, we were, I, I was like in the rehabilitation center, which is for people that have physical injuries, just to be clear. Um, so I had to learn how to walk again and use a prosthetic limb and uh, everything else. So um, we bumped into each other in the hallway. He goes, what happened with you inspired me to get into patient transport as a a driver and um that's you know i did that because of what happened that day and that's why he was there because he was a patient transport driver wow and <laughs> i was just like wow okay this is this is crazy this is a, a synchronicity beyond um possibility <laughs> out of the six million people in this city uh, all of a sudden there he is and uh Anyway, he said to me, he goes, you remember when you woke up and you told everyone, thank you for saving me, everything happens for a reason, I'm going to be okay? And I said, no. And he goes, you did. I was like, we're loading into the helicopter. And I was like, I don't remember that, but I apparently did say that. So that's just from someone else's um, testimony telling me. That so is already so knew cool. Yeah, that is so cool. So then also you you actually got into coma, right? Like for how many weeks? Two weeks. So the coma wasn't fun because I was still living life, but it was a very different life. Um, but it was it was almost like um, I, I always put it down to coma hallucinations. But um, since... Um, Guy has come out and there's been a show called Cosmic Disclosure and also people like Johan Fritz um, mainly, to be honest. Um, when I heard him talking about certain things, I was like, a light, light bulb went off going, I remember this from my coma. So I'm like, maybe there's something more to this because I just put it off in my head as just like a long-form dream and a combination of the drugs they give you let's face it they give you ketamine they give you all kinds of things to keep you um intubated as well so i just um logically minded thought it was just you know dream waffle um but um then i found out about the quantum side of things where um potentially that is a totally different kettle of fish Mm. can you also like i just wanted to say to all the listeners can you just um uh, tell people uh, about your podcast, like, you know, that that they can listen to that one on your podcast, which is on YouTube at the moment, and also BitChute. 
yeah, yeah, uh, about Johan Fritz, and also you got really good uh, interview with uh, Gene Decode, and you know, just really fantastic interviews there. So, just wanted to say thank you that. so much. Hmm. But I put everything in the sh- on the show note page and also on episode. Uh, the blog episode number 16 on my website as well, uh, which is ascensiontalk.com. So you can find everything there, all the links. Yeah. So, yes, please continue. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because, yeah, I want to hear about the, the if, if, if you don't mind sharing that, um, what to experience in the coma. Like, and also this interview, you can say whatever you want to. Okay. Sure. <laughs> you can say. Okay, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, not swear though, but you know, just <laughs> other things. You can say, you know, other other things. <laughs> so yeah. Mm. No, of course, I mm. totally understand mm. what you're saying there. And mm. uh, I mean, look, I, I've got to be honest. Before I get into this, just uh, pre-note, um, I I still question everything, and even my own experiences that I have, or my own uh, downloads, or for lack of a better word, that I get. Um, I still filter everything, and I've, you know, the logic side of my head always tries to tell me that it's um, – it tries to rationalize everything, let's just say. Mm. Um, so I, I still am open about whether my experiences was what you'd call a quantum uh, – like a – I don't know why I said quantum PTSD, but there you go. That word came out. Um, quantum PTSD or complex PTSD, meaning that um, your brain can sometimes – sort of invent a set of scenarios that didn't really happen, but it kind of rebuilds and imprints as memory that it did. Um, so there's a, a lot of new study going into that in the scientific academia realm about some people that have memories of things or waking up speaking different languages after a traumatic brain injury yeah. or something yeah. that they never had before. So. I'm certainly um, in one way um, still investigating whether my experience was to do with that side of things um, on a logic-based sense or a quantum level, meaning that perhaps my uh, spirit was utilised in a secret program um, which was and is being discussed by a lot of people around the world. Potentially, that is also a possibility. So... What I'm getting at here is I I can't say for sure, but um, certainly my experiences in the coma involved military, and I woke up from my coma thinking I was on a military base, and I told my family I'd been cloned, and I gave them a clone number, and um, <laughs> also um, I've got audio recording of that from my sister's phone as well, talking about how they rebuilt everything and sent me back, and... Um, What's even stranger, though, um, the hospital did have to step in on this one, is they um, were going, asking me questions about when I had brain surgery. And I'm like, I have never had brain surgery. And they're like, you have. Um, You've got a fresh incision line and um, your hair was shaved here. You've been surgically operated on. So they actually had an internal investigation to find out whether they started doing that in the ER, emergency room whether they you know, made a mistake or something. Um, so they sent teams in to have a look because um, it was just outside of their understanding. And they were adamant that I had brain surgery. The only thing they could determine was localised alopecia, which is a hair loss. 
but um, I've got photos of it, which I'm happy to send you. Mm. And it's a straight line. It's a, it's an incision line. So, I mean, the fact that they even had to look into that is highly unusual. Uh, what's even furthermore unusual is the fact that when I had my um, accident, and I told you before about the outlook from the medical staff, everything else, I wasn't even going to make it through the night. Uh, even if I did live, uh, I'd be a vegetable, meaning that I wouldn't have any brain function because of that much blood loss. You don't have oxygen to keep your body going. So anything over 40% blood loss, usually you go into shock, your organs start shutting down, including, of course, your brain, um, which controls everything. That's like uh, mission control. That's your computer. Um, so, you know, that much brain um, function to um, not get um, compromised is unusual. So when I woke up, I knew everything that had already happened. Because uh, I was debriefed on it from someone. It was an Asian man in a robe. And I was in the shopping mall place. It was very strange. And he was taking me to kind of like this transit lounge place. And before we did, because I was saying in my coma, I want to get back to my body. I need to get back to my body, please. You know, I started getting a bit worried. So this guy sat me down and debriefed me on everything that happened. I said, look, this is what we've done from here. And he told me. And uh, he said, we couldn't do the leg because obviously if suddenly you have a leg that's going to look a bit um, straight <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, so I said sorry we, could, we couldn't do anything about that but what we could do was this 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 and this part of that was uh repairing parts of the body and my um uh, brain function things like that so um i woke up fully sentient with complete memory and knowledge of what happened and before my intubation tubes were taken out, as I was um, taking me out of the induced coma, um, there was one moment where I pointed to my family in the room, I pointed to my left leg and shook my head, meaning I know it's not there. And I pointed to the right and did a thumbs up. <laughs> so this is um, the fact that I had the memory of it coming out of the coma before I was fully awake is unusual in itself because usually if anyone researches even from medical or uh, academia standpoint people that go for traumatic accidents don't normally remember their incident of trauma because your brain normally protects you from that memory and it comes back and flashes so that's where ptsd comes from usually hmm. that is so uh, I cool memory. yeah yeah sorry continue that that was all I'll say. I had okay. the full memory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So, do you think um, if this hadn't happened to you, uh, do you think you would have been a different person? Um, if if I didn't have the accident, yeah. or if I didn't have yes. the intervention. Yeah, and that as well, like, you know, all the things that I didn't that have the intervention, I'd be a vegetable, probably dead. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. But if this, the you know, the experience of the accident hadn't happened, because you seem like a, a really, you know, we all have up and down days, but you seem like a very positive person and like a go-and-getter and that kind of person. And mm. um, so have you always been like that or... Did, did this experience create a better mat? Um, I, I've got to be honest in saying I've always been a go-getter. Mm -hmm. um, I've always worked in industry of impossibility, meaning that um, you know millions of people want to be a broadcaster, but only a small slither of percentage actually get to that level where you can uh, – 
get paid to do that uh, working in a capital city sort of thing. So I'd always had um, the law of attraction type things in my mind. When I was a teenager, I used to read um, Many Lives, Many Masters and books like that. So I've always been open and I've always had a relationship with God and uh, a source or the high power, so however you wish to label it. Um, I've, I've always been aware of that. Um, but what's changed for me is the strength I didn't realize that I did have, which the adversity in life has kind of um, given me a, um, a sense of um, understanding of the strength that I do have, which mm. I didn't know before. So that is uh, kind of like another feather in the cap as far as uh, getting through the next phase of this life here and being a beacon for other people to show them that no matter what you go through, there is hope kind of thing. So from that aspect, there is a change there. And certainly my intellect did change after the accident. I came back um, quite a lot more IQ points, uh, a lot different in terms of, how I um, describe things. I can sit down, for example, automatically write out a legal contract. Bang. I can do it with my eyes shut. It's just things like that that I can't explain that I never had that sort of skill set before. So there's certainly some changes, definitely. It's like I've been upgraded. Yeah, I was thinking about that because, yeah, some people talk about that. And, uh, yeah, so it, it has maybe improved <laughs> a lot then and but also um what was i gonna say uh yeah like it was i, I listened to that and for everyone that hasn't listened to the interview you did with gene decode which is like around four and a half hours like it is so worth it please have a look at the link but like gene talked about a kind of a similar experience and i was wondering because you guys were talking about the kind of near-death experience and after you come back and that you want to tell everyone about mm. your experience and what you know now, the knowings. And did you feel that that's something you wanted to do? Um, I didn't know for a while, but I mean, I certainly um, I operate very transparently as far as who I am without, um, of course, sounding crazy. I don't want to make my family worried, so I, don't, I filter things a bit. Mm. But um, certainly I've always told everyone about my experience from the moment I woke up onwards, um, but I don't force it down people's throat. Um, I, I have, I've even talked about it in the media and things like that as well. I've been open about that near-death experience. And um, for a while there, I was, um, used to have a comedy segment, even though I was going through hospital. <laughs> I was still on breakfast radio doing a segment called The Happy Amputee for quite some time. And, um, you know, I, I actually did wake up and I was positive and I was as happy to be back on Earth. And I was happy to have a second chance. So um, at that time, my family thought that, oh, he hasn't faced reality yet. They're worried. They're mm. worried thought oh he's too positive um he's gonna crash so as in like mentally crash uh but what they didn't realize is what i'd been through in the coma was uh, so vast and um extraordinary that um i was just happy to be back in a body without the responsibility of what i had to do in the coma sort of thing so mm. you know uh, certainly it's like this is this is a holiday this yeah. is a holiday right now. I'm in a holiday world. 
oh, I, I don't care about what's going on out there. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, very tr- uh, tr- uh, true. Uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to, if we can jump over to um, ET experiences, uh, if that would be okay to talk a little bit about that. And and we talked the other day, uh, chatted a little bit that you are, what is it called again? Audio? Uh, what is it called? When you hear the audience? Yeah, 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 that, that. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. yeah. And, uh, if you have had experiences with spirits and ET encounters and being Plenty. on, yeah, on, on, on board of ships, uh, spaceships, uh, since you were little, if you can share a couple of experiences there. Sure, no mm. probs. Um, well, since the age of about five, I used to wake up with nosebleeds all the time and um, I'd sort of wake up paralysed a lot. Um, but see, what people don't understand, they do have an ability to wipe your memories or put a screen memory in place so you don't remember what happened. So um, the only time I saw extraterrestrials was in my nightmares, really. So around the age of eight um, was pretty specific for me where I saw a UFO out my bedroom window, and it was blue, kind of looked like a bell, it was glowing, and um, it was moving silently. It would have been about 300 feet in height, so the length would have, would have been 100 feet in diameter probably. Um, but it was certainly, uh, I felt at the time it was probably um, a Terran craft, meaning from Earth, um, but, uh, there could have been some other entities with them. But what happened after that is because I was so excited, I think I gave a permission slip psychically Same. to be taken. Yeah. Yep. So my intrigue kind of got me in the, in the deep end. <laughs> so I, I always preface this to everyone that's listening to anyone talking about these experiences or whatever. Never, ever think I want to experience that because uh, be careful what you wish for because you're giving permission psychically that you are okay and uh, that's not in breach of galactic code for them to then uh, utilize you as an asset, whether good or bad. So I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, So at that moment, I think that gave permission for them to take me. So I certainly did after that have a lot of nightmares um, I couldn't close my eyes. This is like in the same year, a bit later in that year, where I um, every time I shut my eyes, I'd see this alien face all the time. Mm. And I couldn't sleep properly. So that's PTSD, where my mind blanked out whatever it was I experienced. So I had that at the age of eight, PTSD that was extreme in nature in the sense that, you know, eight, nine, and ten years old, wasn't a normal childhood. Uh, it was um, every time I go to bed, I'd be worried about um, you know um, having the you know uh, aliens come back because um, I I had nightmares about it. And um, uh, then after that, I somehow helped with the PTSD where I could shut my eyes and then that vision wouldn't keep coming back in my head. So it took this really big nightmare for that to stop. And I had a kite at the time, and I used to fly it all the time. So I actually drew the alien on the kite Hmm. with paint. And I um, used to fly it going, I'm in control. So that was my way, that tender age, to um, gain some uh, control back over that 
experience sort of thing. And then after that, I um, yeah, could close my eyes without having that searing image popping in. Um, so that's, of course, a negative experience there. But, And what did uh, the, that uh, that yeah, they look like? I think it was grey, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably a little bit more mm. skeletal in sort mm -hmm. of features. Mm. Um, it was, certainly wasn't pleasant. And uh, I think they used to come through you know, the bedroom and they can do that. They can quantum hop into any area they want and take you out and um, do experiments or upgrades or whatever it is, depending on the race, and send you back and your parents wouldn't know the difference. One thing I will say is usually for anyone that's thinking um, they could be possibly a part of that is um, when they make noises when you're going to sleep, they test to see if you're asleep or not. So they might ring the house phone at three o'clock in the morning or whatever it is, or you might hear someone in your kitchen and you might think it's another family member or something when you're drifting off to sleep. It was even about six months ago, I remember the dogs were scratching at my door and um, I was like, that's interesting. I thought they were in here and they were asleep mm -hmm. next to me. So they, they usually will try and test that everyone's asleep because you kind of get this wave of like, um, it's almost like they send out a scalar wave that everyone in the vicinity of that household will be, um, won't be awake. And then they test. They do a little test to make sure. So that's just something I've experienced a lot. Um, and that's usually the negative or the earth um, programs that do that. Because your star beings, if you're a star, um, star seed, um, don't, they, they've got technology far beyond that. They don't need to do that. And you have a positive experience where you don't get traumatized by that. So that's just my impression at the moment. So a did little you, signal. Yeah. Did you also get some marks? Because I was talking yes. the other day about I had tri triangle marks, like with needle marks that formed a triangle. Plenty. Um, mm. Usually they don't last, though. They usually go quickly. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you go to get it looked at and it's gone. Uh, sometimes you get scoop marks and stuff like that. Uh, I've had scars that um, were on my forehead that are no longer there. Uh, and I've got a mysterious scar on the back of my head. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, that's one. Another time I remember it, I was actually asleep on the harbour on a boat, and um, I, uh, for some reason, had a claw mark down my neck with three What? claws. Yep. So I, I got photos of that somewhere. That was in <laughs> 2012. Um, so that that was very unusual. I thought someone was being a smart ass. Smart Alec, sorry, excuse my language. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it was a party boat, and we all crashed out on it. I thought someone had like maybe gotten a, a razor and just like cut lines in my neck, but it was three uh, three claws. So um, I definitely have had those sort of things. Have you also had more uh, positive contact as well? Uh, positive contact, not not so much that I can remember at the moment so th mm. these are things that come out in regression but I, i actually don't have any positive memories per se um i definitely know that they're out there and i quite possibly have had visitations i have had a positive dream of being presented a a child where i've met a child that was a hybrid mm -hmm. so um, that could have been mine but um it always happens in dream state for me whereas i know that i think you have 
actual physical experiences. Where no, actually, that's uh, I have. Um, th- that's what I have as well. I have really clear, vivid dreams, and it's almost like I'm remote viewing the situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how yeah my experience. Are, and it's so clear. I can smell, and and feel and hear things. It's uh, yeah. So pretty much the same as you. Well, that's an indication there that if you've got um, smell, taste, touch, feeling, mm. all the rest, um, that's a good indication for anyone listening. If your dreams are like that, there's a possibility that um, on a quantum level that could actually be real. Whereas usually dreams kind of slide in and out of scenarios and you don't really have the full sense of, you know it's a dream kind of mm. thing. But when you have a real experience, it's like when I was about the age of 11, I remember uh, – um, me and my best friend at the time had the same dream, and the dream was we were um, fighting and running away from an enemy, and um, we're fighting this war, right, on a place called the Hill, we called it, and um, we both had the same dream, and that felt more real than anything, and um, that's something I've never forgotten, if that makes any sense, that it um, had all the... Um, markings of what it's like being alive so i think back on that as an actual memory more so than a dream memory sort of thing yeah i I do think uh, the more we unlock our unused dna and the more we work on ourselves i think more and more of this is happening which i think is a really positive thing that's you know that's coming and it's inevitable (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really looking forward to that because yeah i also have like experience and you know uh, yeah dreams and like i actually have a friend that's uh you know like oh yeah i saw you in a dream we were doing this and this and like and i'm like yeah me too <laughs> so it's like so yeah 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 it's so uh, but yeah i think it's really cool um is there anything else like uh, like oh can i can i just ask you because i i do talk about misha johnston quite a lot because uh i really like her she's a really beautiful person and she's helped me she a is. lot yeah in this journey and that's how we connected as well yeah She's she's got starseedawakening.org, I think it is the end. That's but right. yep. yeah, so and uh, she does a lot of regression sessions and she helped me a lot to unravel <laughs> a lot of questions I had, but I had to do it myself and and that's the thing as well with regression. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that, oh, you know, you just do this and, you know, they would tell you or like it just happens. But you have to do a lot of work yourself. Uh, do you, Can you mention anything, yes. um, what happened in your regression and why you, you came to her? Oh, wow. This is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> like. <laughs> go deep here. Yeah, we, um, we can do another, like, you know, chat another time. But I, I find it quite... A, yeah, I think it it has helped you a lot. It definitely has mm. helped me a lot. Um, I, there was a period of time where I um, didn't know what was happening and I was uh, drinking a lot of alcohol to supplement my feelings uh, to the point where I was catastrophic drinking. And little do I know that I had theta and beta uh, omega programming um, trying to uh, get me to self-terminate, really, just through um, negligent behavior. Um, since I've done the regression with her, that instantly stopped. Um, so, you know, I, I still enjoy a beverage of friends, but I don't have that compulsion to want to polish off a bottle of spirits and things like that, where I used to have no control over that before. So that's just on a very shallow level. I'm saying that, but on a deeper sense, I, what I got from that reading, uh, not reading, that's the wrong word, but from, uh, the regression 
was um, very deep in the sense that on a quantum level, I have someone that has been um, apparently, well, this came from my lips, not hers, that um, is essentially me, could be in an alternate universe or dimension, but uh, this person is um, a white hat in the Alliance and is a captain. So uh, apparently that's my my star double, so to speak. Cool. So I get downloads from that all the time about what's going on because I'm quantumly linked. And um, it's very interesting because um, in April I talked about what was going on, uh, what the Alliance is doing in my regression itself. And then I heard other people a few months later in June, July, talking about that exact thing. And I'm like going, this is incredible. I would, so it's like, hang on, other people are talking about what I had in early April? It's like, this is impossible. Um, just the detail about what's going on, which I won't get into, by the way, because um, okay, a lot of it okay. is to do with intelligence, you know, and stuff that uh, probably can't be discussed openly. But, um, you know, certainly a lot of information that came through is very current. So that's why if it was things from the past, different story. But um, I just don't feel comfortable exactly saying all of it at this point. But uh, certainly from that experience, I did recall what happened to me as a kid. Um, For anyone that's interested in regression as well, uh, Misha Johnson, I've got a chat with her on my YouTube and BitChute channel as well on the Standing Tall podcast. And she talks about that with me as well. We have a conversation explaining the difference from her readings to what a regression is to um, how she does that and um, how she does that safely. And and we do get into that in quite some depth there. So that's just for anyone that's new to this subject. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a look and um, check out that interview, that's another way they can find out more about what Misha does. But certainly I can vouch that she's definitely helped me a lot. Um, on a quantum level, there's a lot more going on we don't understand on the 3D level. So I believe in the 5D realm, and um, there's a part of me that's still there in that um, dimension. And I think that's where my other altar is operating from. Mm-hmm. So it's a higher vibration, part of the Galactic Federation of Planets. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I put a link, you know, uh, to that one as well. That that's the one you have on YouTube and Bitchute. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, oh, she's... I'm going to look at some other platforms soon. Um, yeah, I'll update everyone that's listening now. And if you do update and get a website, and I put update all the links there too. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you're looking at that at the moment? Yeah, looking at the moment. I do one podcast a month on average because um, the more I do, sometimes it gets a bit too overwhelming because you're reliving those experiences every time you do an mm-hmm. interview about it. So it's uh, I do limit the exposure to that subject because, you know, the more you think, the more you are. And I try to keep myself grounded to the now and the here as well. So it's kind of a bit of a a double-edged sword where, um, you know, sure there's a lot going on on that level that we need to explore in ourselves, but at the same time we also need to not um, neglect our uh, 3D life too. So uh, it's kind of a tug-of-war. I kind of try and balance that out as best as I can. Uh, Especially with all the lockdowns happening at the moment and, 
Yeah, so and especially mm. you in Sydney as well. It kind of it drags it down a little bit. And uh, but it I does. do believe, yeah, I do believe. Came out of my regression though, I explained what was happening. Oh, okay, uh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, in great detail. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. Mm. So Australia is going to be the place where um, the next few months we're going to uh, let's put it this way it's going to be profound for the for the planet. So mm. that's that's what I will say. I'll put yeah. that on the record. It's yeah. It's uh, I, I I don't know. Like I can feel it. There's so many good things that it's just turning um, as well. You know. There's I have some... my moments though. I have my days yeah, where sometimes I, I question my own experience, as I said earlier in the interview, where I'm like. No, okay, yeah, sure. I said that in my regression, mm. and, and that's come up for me. But um, I, I'm just not seeing the evidence, kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, well, if there is an alliance, why don't we see all the children being linked back with their families? Why aren't we seeing any proof? So that there's a bit of that side of me that's still logically trying to ping back to, okay, what's going on in reality here? Is this really for the benefit of humanity? All this lockdown mm-hmm. stuff? Are they trying to keep us safe? Or are they trying to get rid of us? I, I do uh, think so, you know. Programmed with AI. Are mm. they trying to give us the shot, which is, you know, essentially a different kind of gun? I, oh. I, I'm thinking, is that what's going on here? Oh are they... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you know, oh, talking about that, I don't want to dwell into that too much because I just it makes me laugh for all the, the names they give it, you know. <laughs> you know, like, know. yeah. Like Lambda. Which is a military operation term. Yeah. Delta, that's a military operation term. Um, we got the military from the US, South Korea, Japan, Australia, all in Australia right now, boots on the ground mm-hmm. doing an operation. And they're saying it's training exercises and war games, but uh, my regression told me it's not. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. And also, I was thinking with the Delta, del- Delta waves, that's when you sleep. So they're kind of making, you know, kind of fun of the situation as well, I think, you know. Yes. And also. And Joe Biden's not who you think. No, no. <laughs> that's, that's another story. That's another that's story. That's a big story. Once you see it, you see it. And then there's no going back. And But I think that's something that happened last year for me. I was awake, but I was like not that extra percent, you know. And But then all of a sudden with everything happening, I'm like, oh, my God. I just started to see things. I'm like, oh, it is like being in a movie. And that's not being a... Um, what do you call it, um, uh, you know, QAnon or whatever they call it. You know, it's yeah. a, you know, it's just like, wow, this is amazing. I haven't seen this before. When you look at the movies and how that mm-hmm. is built up, Hollywood and everything. And, yeah. I'm going to unpack a bit about that if you want. Uh, yes, in the sense please. that um, yes, from my expression of experience uh, – I've got to just say this to everyone that's probably doubting this at the moment: is where, where's Hollywood? What's going on? Where, mm. where are the movies? Yeah. Where uh, where's the celebrity culture gone? It's mm. vanished, vaporized. So, so that's just um, something. They're, they're all in up. Australia, <laughs> fleeing. <laughs> they're all in Australia now in New Zealand. Sorry, <laughs> just, that's true. I know yeah. that's right. And mm. Gold Coast, especially. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I know exactly where they are. <laughs> Um, and some of them are around Byron Bay and places yep. like that. So they've also um, gone to New Zealand too. A lot of them mm. have gone to South Island. Last resort. Last resort indeed. And, uh, yeah, you probably notice as well that a lot of CEOs in 2020 stepped down. Um, and a big note that happened recently, 
uh, Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce. I, I think they're hiding out. I don't think it's a real divorce. Um, I think all these little things are little clues and insights into what's happening, I think, anyway. And once again, I still sometimes question it, going, am I too deep in the rabbit hole? Because sometimes the dive, the deeper you dive, the more questions you have, and sometimes you can start connecting dots that don't exist just out of hope and um, uh, and the fear porn side of things. And I, I'm very mindful of that too because mm. one can get extreme into something where they connect things that aren't real. Uh, that is definitely uh, very visible if you look at the truth movement community. There's a yep. lot of factions. <laughs> And um, one doesn't know which way to lean, and it's very confusing. There's a lot of wolf and sheep's clothing. So I try to then go within and try to, um, you know, use my inner filter through the heart chakra and through the gut feeling, because that's why we have it, uh, to disseminate and discern information. And certainly that's why I used to do my professional career. And, you know, utilising some of that, I've got that skill set very fine-tuned, uh, especially since my experiences now where, um, you know, the filter's generally always right. If we want answers, if we go within, we can find them. But we're just so programmed not to go there that we tend to look uh, to our televisions and our rectangles, our black rectangle devices for answers. And that's not where you're really going to get them. You get information, but that doesn't mean that what you're watching is correct. So... That's just um, that's my experience anyway, especially over the last year as well. I've really noticed this tug of war in social media, in um, digital book burning, we'll call it, um, watching history repeat, which is an expression I've got. History always repeats, just the colours, reasons, shapes change. Mm. So if you want to look at the future, look at the past, and the future can prove past as well. So mm. that's I'm so I'd glad say. you I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm a big advocate for, for, like you know I'm just I can't really stand uh, like people that they become like gurus all, all of a sudden because you know they start to get a following and that's also in the truth movement as well mm -hmm. uh, people that start to get a really big audience and all of a sudden everyone follows them and oh oh this is the latest i you know like uh, yep. my advice to everyone like whatever we say don't believe us you know exactly. <laughs> like you know yeah. find your own truth but you know it, it might be a seed planted and you might go and look for something but also i think it's the the important part as well is like you have to take care of yourself and and on yep. that note i was just wondering with you um how do you take care of yourself, your mental health, and in terms of this ascension process, walk and path we are on? It's very difficult, just to be clear. Um, mm. I have my moments. I'm human, perfectly imperfect. Uh, I have good and bad days. Um, I have days where sometimes I feel like it's hopeless. But the biggest thing that I've learned in the last year is that um, if you buy into fear, dark winds. So you need to find what it is that makes you passionate. And even if it's if you're stuck in lockdown, even if um, the whole world, I always say it's like um, a hurricane. I warn people on Facebook on the exact day, a year before the second lockdown, that um, a year from now, things are going to double in craziness. Um, while the storm outside circles around you, be like the eye of the storm, mm -hmm. calm, centered, and, um, you know, keep safe that way. 
So, you know, that that's just the message that I have for myself too because I still have my moments where I get caught up in the wind. And then it's like, okay, no, get back to the eye of the storm. You don't have to be in it. You can watch it. You can see it happening, but you don't need to be a part of it. And that's a decision inside each and every one of us, no matter what's going on, is that no one can take away your sovereignty and your thoughts and your inner self unless you allow it. So I do not ordain or I do not consent any outside force, power, entity or government or anyone telling me whether I can be internally happy. That that comes down to our own power. And that's what I've rediscovered in the last year kind of thing that uh, I guess, you know, we all get caught up in life. We all get busy and we forget our spiritual role and purpose. So in a positive way, um, you know, things like lockdown for people is allowed them to self-discover what life's all about for them. And a lot of people have shifted careers, they've uh, left relationships, a lot of breakdowns are going on, a lot of people are going through chaos at the moment. And the ones that experience their chaos early could actually um, not act as a prophet or a god. No, that's that's what you're saying about some of these people that people follow and treat them like gods almost. So I'm just saying that you can be there as a, a role to help support people through their ascension process. When they find out about some of the truths that you've already self-discovered years prior, um, you, you can be there. They'll remember going, oh, that person uh, knows about this subject. Um, and you can be a, um, a, a guiding help for them sort of thing. So I think everything has its role and its purpose. And for me, um, you know, I feel like I'm that anchor for, you know, I remind myself of my own experience to anchor me, for example, as well as um, helping others too without even knowing it. And it's not something that um, I'm asked to do and I certainly don't ever want to... Uh, be in a position where I try to um, lie to an audience or to create fear or create a following for a specific reason uh, other than just being truthful, transparent, clear, honest, and just being my authentic self. Why did you, before, I was going to wrap it up now, maybe we can chat another time, um, mm-hmm. but I Love wanted to. to ask you uh, about that one. What What is your podcast about obviously about this what we talked about but from you your words sure you before my accident i wrote a song um it was originally called game of thrones but i changed it to standing tall um and it was a year before my accident in 2014 i wrote this song and i've then revisited that song um at the end of 2014 because i determined that i'm going to record this song properly so I um, recorded Standing Tall. From there, it made me think of the idea um, to write a book, which I have written about three quarters of, but I haven't released it yet. I don't think it's time yet. It'll happen when it's time. Um, But, yeah, the book I called Standing Tall based off that song. So um, then I decided this year, it just popped in my head that it's like, okay, you've got all this broadcasting experience. Uh, people out there are feeling lost and they need some hope and you've got a message to deliver. Uh, Once I got some clarity for myself, um, especially after seeing Misha Johnson and having her assistance in the last six months especially, uh, it's given me enough clarity to then go, right, just put a podcast together 
And who cares what the naysayers say? Who cares? Family, friends even. They might think I'm crazy. Whatever. Just be honest. Be authentic. Be real. Do it. And don't let fear stop you. So that's kind of what led me to do it. And I went, okay, I'm going to just start doing this. And my first guest was uh, Johan Fritz. And if you have a look at that channel, I've got two. So the Standing Tall, uh, I'll call it the Front End Channel, where Johan Fritz talks about his near-death experience as well, because he had one as well, and talked about what happened with him and his transformation, and we kind of had that um, discussion. And that was the first episode that I did, and I released that one in March, I think, or February. Um, And since then, on average, about one a month I've been doing, and there's a Standing Tall 2.0 channel, which dives real deep into things like MKUltra, some of the programs out there that, um, you know, hasn't come to light just yet, but uh, I believe that they're real. Um, uh, Certainly a lot of conversations about some of the experiences that go deeper for people that are ready for it, because um, when you flood people that aren't ready with information, they'll either cognitively dissonance will kick in and just uh, reject it outright, or they'll just uh, have an angry reaction to it and create fear in them. And that's certainly not my intention. So that's why I've kind of split my channels into two. So, so can they for search ready. for, yeah, sorry. Can they search for that one? If they go standing yeah. to a podcast too, I haven't got a link to that one. If you could send me that one, please. Oh, sure can. So yeah. there's mm-hmm. one's the normal standing tall, the standing tall podcast. The other one is standing tall podcast 2.0. So that's the um, disseminating difference between the two, just so people can understand that when they have a look, that if you're just new to the subject and you're kind of getting into it, starting to get the spirituality, I'd suggest to start off with the first one, the front channel, uh, and work your way into it as well, if it's right for you, you know. Mm. And also, have you got a... Uh, I know you, you've interviewed uh, heaps of people, but have you got other podcasts that you could recommend for that you listen to? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I do listen to a lot. There's one called the Quantum Red Pill Cafe. This is for people that are ready for the real deep dive. Um, James Rink has um, the Super Soldier channel as well. Um, I mean... Each one of them are totally different in what they talk about. Also, listen to another lady on YouTube every day, and she talks about um, she's like a channeling lady that goes into experiences. I'm just trying to remember a name, so um, well, that's <laughs> I, okay. I, off the top of my head, because uh, I have you know on YouTube you subscribe to people, and then mm. all of a sudden um, they pop up on your feed. So. I'm consciously having a blank. Sorry. That's okay. Um, like, I put the but, link in the show notes page and on the blog number 16 on our, my website as well. Oh, so. Saratoga Ocean. Got it. Pardon? Saratoga Ocean. Saratoga Ocean I listen to as well. Mm-hmm. And there's another lady who's um, from Australia uh, with Quantum Truth. It's JCK. So I listen to uh, a myriad of different people. Okay. Um, Penny Bradley is another one, and this is an important one. Adapt 2030 is um, a financial analyst that realized there's something going on with the, with the markets and the food and everything else, and he discusses the uh, grand solar minimum and things like that. Cool. Um, so that's some more information there for people to have a look at too because I might give you some insight as to what's going on. 
mm. on and uh, why there's all of this subterfuge happening out there in terms of locking down everything, shipping supply line issues, things like that. Um, a lot of it is to hide the truth from what um, they really know. And the truth of the matter is the world goes through cycles and we're going through one now. And um, it's really, if you kind of look at it like the rapture, is it's up to us if we um, all raise our vibration with love we're going to have a better outcome than if we live in the fear. So we need to keep that in mind because we'll be okay. And at the end of the day, we all have to remember that every single human being on this earth, uh, 10 out of 10 people will eventually leave their meat suit. We all do. So why be in fear of it? That's just uh, something as simple as that for me. But um, it'll give you some insights as to how to protect yourself and feel secure in the sense of, you know, having food supplies, how to grow things, how to be self-sufficient and remind ourselves what it was like living in our grandparents' time when they used to be self-sufficient. So I'm very interested in things like that too. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like needing the, yeah, in a month or two or so, if I could have you back and we can have another chat. And sure. uh, that would be lovely. Thank you so much. And for everyone, please go to my website, uh, ascensiontalk.com, and the links to everything we talked about today and to Matt as well is on my blog and episode number 16. And, yeah, I, I, I put a little bit info, you know, and maybe some pictures that you send me as well. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much, Yanni, and God bless. And uh, just remember one last little message is, uh, this is for everyone as well, um, is that uh, keep your head on a swivel, stay safe, and, of course, don't break the uh, rules of lockdown, no matter what your beliefs are. Just go with it for now. Uh, there is a higher purpose happening out there. And uh, just trust your gut, trust yourself, and love each other. And as mentioned, please head over to my website, ascensiontalk.com, and you can go to the blog page there and find all the links and everything we talked about today. And that is on number 16. So yeah, just go there. And thank you so much for tuning in once again. And until next time, please take care of yourself, ground yourself, and see you on the other side. Bye.